0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Women To Watch here on WWDB Talk 860. My name is Sue Rocco, and I'm being joined uh, today by uh, Trista Sutter. Uh, Trista is the star of the first season of The Bachelorette on ABC and also the author of Happily Ever After, uh, which is a story of how a grateful heart uh, was life-changing for her. Trista, thanks so much for joining me this morning.
1: Hi, thank you for having me. Sorry, it's a get ready for school time right now. So (laughs) if you hear my daughter in the
0: background. That's okay. I know what it's like to be a mom. Um, Good. (laughs) So what's it like in Colorado? Um, Well... I saw a beautiful
1: sunrise. That's all I know. I've been making lunches and <laughs> getting kids dressed.
0: Right, you're I'm in- not sure yet. Okay. Well, <laughs> it, you know, it's just been so crazy across across the country. Very unusual for this time of year. So. Yeah. Well, you know- it, we had
1: a huge snowstorm this um, this well last week, the end of last week. So, yeah, it's been crazy lately. But you know.
0: Yep, that's we, what we get in Colorado. That's right. That's right. I, I've been there. It's beautiful.
1: Beautiful. It is beautiful. Yeah. I agree.
0: So, so listen, I want to, um, you know, talk a little bit about. There's a couple of things I want to talk about, and obviously the book and and your life since the show and all that good stuff. Um, but we always start with with the at the beginning um, on my program, and I'd love for you to talk a little bit about your years um, in Missouri. I understand you were born in Indiana, but you were raised in Missouri. uh, I was.
1: I was born in Indianapolis, and my family um, moved to St. Louis when I was four. Um, And then I grew up in St. Louis in Chesterfield, Missouri, and um, went to Indiana University for my undergraduate work, and then I transferred or went to University of Miami in Florida for my graduate school degree for my master's in physical therapy, and then I ended up working at Miami Children's Hospital for four years. Um, And then I, during that time is when I applied for the bachelor, and then the bachelor happened. I got asked to do the bachelorette. They, um, so I essentially moved out to L.A. um, because uh, I couldn't get another leave of absence from my job, right. and, um, and the rest really is history.
0: It is. It is. Let, let's go back for a minute because a lot of, um, first of all, I, d- I did have an opportunity to read the book, um, the whole book, and it's a wonderful um, collection of stories. I love how you kind of interspersed um, stories of people that you've met along the way and your own life. And um, one of the things that that you mentioned in the book was the fact that your mom and dad divorced uh, right. when, when you were young. And that certainly um, had, you know, had an effect on you. And I'm wondering, first of all, how old were you when that happened?
1: That happened in fifth grade. Um, I guess I was about 12, mm-hmm. I think. Um, yeah. And they sat me down and told me that they were no longer going to be living together. and. Um, It was quite a shock to the system Not that my parents had a perfect Relationship by any means but There wasn't It wasn't horrible you know It wasn't Anything that I Was crying to my friends about every day You know it was just An unhappy marriage that they tried to uh, You know Keep from me because they didn't Want me you know as a kid to have to worry about That so um it was definitely hard a lot most of my friends i can i don't know if I can even think of one who had a divorce um, set of parents, but i you know it was hard because my friends' families were all completely together and cohesive and um, and mine were separated, and I ended up having to visit my dad every other weekend, and he lived in South County of St. Louis, which is like a half an hour drive away, which seemed like forever away, you know, mm-hmm. um, when I really just wanted to be with my friends, you know, at that age. So it was difficult, but um, looking back on it, I'm glad that it happened. I I think that everything does happen for a reason, and they wouldn't have been happy had they had they been together. I would never have met my stepmother, Carol, um, my stepsister, Jackie, I, I mean, all of my extended family through that relationship. Um, and Carol is a wonderful woman. And my dad is happy. Um, my, my mom is actually really happy alone. So, um, you know, it, it was a good thing for everybody involved. It just was not so fun to go through yeah. at the time.
0: Right. And I think it, it was harder back back in the day, as they say, um, when there seemed to be less divorce. And so, you know, Yeah, if you're... yeah.
1: I, I mean, especially with social media and everything, I think it just makes everything harder. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's talk about, you know, your, um, the decision, your decision to go on The Bachelor, because that's something that is not the norm. Um, you right. Know, you, you know, you went to college, you went to the University of Miami, and, um, you were studying. I believe you got a master's in in physical therapy. I did. You correct. did, and um, and you were also a dancer for the Miami Heat.
1: I was. Um, uh-huh. So I
0: know you know from what I've read about you, you've always been very um, you know interested and and disciplined when it comes to health and wellness and taking care of yourself. And dancing was a part of that. I'm sure. And um, I, so I guess my question is, what led you to the decision to actually go ahead and, and uh, yeah. go on the show? Because it's not, you know, it's something that I think would have been a little bit scary for, for most people.
1: Well, you know, I, um, in Miami, I, I had friends, but um, I had always had a really close group of friends in St. Louis and Indiana and I was missing them, you know, I was going to work every day, coming home, or going to Miami Heat rehearsal, and I had friends on the, on the Heat, and I had friends through work, and I had friends through grad school, but I just, what, like, there was something missing. I just felt like I was in a rut, is what I've said in the past, you know, I just, I, I would just come home and sit on the couch, and, you know, I wasn't depressed, I would say, but I just, there was something that was missing, and... I was on the couch watching Extra one night and they had the casting director from The Bachelor come on and talk about how there was going to be this new reality show and you could travel internationally and and meet meet people and um you know in this luxurious setting and and I thought that sounds fun um I had always, I had watched The Real World and Road Rules and and always loved those shows and thought, oh, that would be fun to be part of, Um, and at that time, the only other reality show besides Real World and Road Rules was um, Survivor, or American Idol, and um, so it was really a new concept, um, especially the dating version of reality television, so I thought, you know, what the heck? Why? Why don't I apply and just see what happens? I had no intention of falling in love. I was like, well, there's no way I'm going to fall in love on television. But <laughs> I thought it could be really fun, so right, right. I applied. And and as I've said before, the rest is history. You know, I I I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I went with my gut and thought, oh, you know, we'll just see what happens and um, see if this could get me out of my rut, essentially, and it did.
0: Um, so, Trista, my guess is that when you decided to apply that you probably didn't feel that you would have been selected.
1: Oh, gosh, no. I mean, I thought this is just a win. There's a really rare chance or, um, it, it, yeah, definitely yep. didn't think that it would happen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was more like a desire to go on a, a beautiful vacation and meet some new people. Exactly. Yeah. It, yes. I, yes can, exactly. I can totally see that. So here's a question for you. I, I I know that you have two children and I'd love to talk about them for a couple of minutes, uh, Maxwell and Blakesley, your yeah. your son and your daughter. And I guess, uh, you know, a question I have to ask is, is knowing that you have a daughter today, if she uh, came to you with this same interest in, in going on a similar show, what would your feeling be?
1: You know, I've been asked this before and um, I, because of, what happened to me and how I found my prince charming i I could never say no
2: mm-hmm. to
1: anyone i I encourage people to go on the show because I found my happily ever after yeah, and it would be the same for my daughter i i would I would guide her and you know um, make sure that she was being kind and good and and you know watching what she said about others and you know just the golden rule kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um but that's how we try to raise her anyway. So uh, you know, it's not that I would be I would be excited for her because I would I know what happened yeah to, in my story and and if that's what she would want to do then I would wholeheartedly support her unless it you know in 30 years when she would be allowed to do that um <laughs> <laughs> uh, if, if reality television changes to where a dating show is really dangerous for you, then of course I would say no. But you know, exactly. there's no danger right now. Yeah, yeah it's well, just a matter of how you uh, um, how you hold your head up and how you act. Um, that really is the danger.
0: Yeah. Well, and you know what, Trista, I think that's um, one of the things that you did so well. You 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 could tell. Um, that you were carrying yourself as you normally would, if you were not on the show. Um, thank you. Yeah, no, I really, I really feel that, and you, you could see that you were, you know, trying very, very hard to, um, you know, keep your values and and your outlook um, and be true to yourself throughout the whole process. Something that was very, very unnatural.
1: Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. I, you know, I tried to conduct myself in a manner that I I could be proud of, and my parents. Would be proud of, and um, I would I would hope that Blakely would do the same if she was ever in my situation.
0: Right, that's why you know the two of you were drawn to each other because you had that same kind of similar grounded personality. Um, oh yeah,
1: personality. I'm definitely drawn to that about him. I yeah, just, he was he he's one of the most genuine people I've ever met in my life, mm-hmm. and and I definitely appreciate and am attracted to that. Type of characteristic,
0: right? And thank goodness he had that same kind of, you know, why not attitude, and and went on the yeah. show as well. Oh gosh,
1: yeah, he wanted to elope and get married. Um, he, if there were, had been a pastor or, or someone there to marry us when we got engaged, uh, yeah, he would have done it right there. <laughs> <laughs> he would have had us married that moment. So, right. Um,
0: well, yeah. for th- for the listeners who who might not be familiar, you you've been married for, am I right, eleven years? 11 years in just a couple weeks on yeah. December 6th. Yeah, so you really beat the odds, and um, and two children later. Um, one of the things I wanted you to talk about, because this is something, this was an adversity in your life um, that you came through in, you know, um, in, in a big way. And I want to talk about the positivity that you talk about in your book. Um, the births of your children, um, specifically Maxwell, was a very, very... Uh, serious and dangerous experience. Can you talk about that for a few minutes?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, So I had always dreamt of becoming a mother, and uh, it took us two years to get pregnant. Um, And I found out a little, like uh, a week after Ryan had left to go climb a mountain in South America called Aconcagua, um, and, you know, was beside myself. We finally, we finally were pregnant, and, um, you know, I, I had a relatively rough pregnancy in that I developed gestational diabetes. I fainted a couple times. Um, I was nauseous and with morning sickness for, for four months, um, for 16 weeks, so I was pretty much flattened on the couch for the first half of my pregnancy um, and gained a lot of weight and, you know, all of that stuff. So mm-hmm. it was uncomfortable, and I had already dreamed of, you know, being pregnant. I wanted to like it so much, but yeah. it just didn't agree with me. And then Ryan was out for a bike ride, and I was just feeling not right. There was something not right, and... I called my doctor uh, because of all the things that had gone wrong, and and she was out of town, and she said, well, if you're feeling not right, get to the hospital. And so I waited for Ryan to get back. We went to the hospital. They, you know, put me on all the monitors and took my blood, and and they said that um, my labs were not looking fabulous, so they wanted to hold me overnight. And... Um, they. Told me that. Well, actually, I don't even know if they told me anything at that point. They just wanted to keep me overnight because my labs weren't looking great. So um, I had a good night's sleep. I woke up to my doctor the next morning saying, "Your labs are have gotten worse, and we need to deliver today." And uh, so they tried to induce me, and it was taking a really long time. So they came back in and said, "We're going to have to." And A really long time, meaning that my labs were continuing to go in the negative direction, mm-hmm. and uh, they didn't have time to wait because with help syndrome, which is what I, which is what I had, your liver is failing, and you could develop seizures, go into a coma, die. Um, so how it was far a pretty along, serious condition.
0: Yeah. How far along were you, Trista? It was it was early, right? Um. So. I, uh,
1: I they they said they were gonna do a C-section. Got dressed. They took me in, and I start. I was the epidural. First of all, didn't work. I could feel the scalpel, and so they thought, okay, we're gonna have to put you under. I'm laying on the table, paralyzed, essentially, because they had put the medicine in me to paralyze my body to get me ready for um, being under general anesthesia. And Mm -hmm. Ryan hadn't left the room yet because he was still saying goodbye. So they wouldn't put me under consciousness um, or, you know, take me out of... Consciousness until he was out of the room, so I'm laying there paralyzed. finally, they put me um, under general anesthesia, and I woke up and you know my my beautiful baby boy had been born so it all turned out he was only in the NICU for um, a couple weeks and he had to be on oxygen for four months. He was four weeks early, but um, that was all that was wrong. it was just his lungs, and that's a really normal thing mm-hmm. up at altitude where we live, which we live at eighty five hundred feet. So it's completely normal, and um, for all intents and purposes, he was beautiful and healthy and um, perfect. So, yeah. Yeah.
3: Um, you know, yeah,
1: it was a really difficult pregnancy, but I would do it over and over again if it meant that I could have um,
0: a son in my life like Max's. Yeah, well, and you did do it again. That's, you know, I find that <laughs> remarkable. You know, that was a very, very scary experience. My goodness. And yet um, it's a perfect— Example of how, you know, mothers will say, you know, the pain goes away after the baby's born. And certainly um, you forgot a little bit of that because then you had Blake's sleep. Well,
1: you know what's funny is that I, we weren't even trying. Um, we, Max had just turned one. I had just discontinued breastfeeding and we got pregnant without even trying. So it wasn't necessarily something that we were trying not to do, mm-hmm. but, um, we obviously welcomed it. We we wanted another child. Um, it, it's it's a kind of a controversial, not a controversial situation in that people are judging you. It's just controversial in that doctors sometimes don't recommend that um, patients who have had health syndrome get pregnant again because it can be life-threatening right. um, even more so the yes. second time around. Right. So they put me on baby aspirin throughout my entire pregnancy, and that seemed to work. I actually went to... Um, went to 38 weeks, which is considered term. So, mm-hmm. um, or I'm sorry, I was at 37 weeks. It's right before term, but um, I went a week longer and didn't end up having to go under general anesthesia. I could actually um, hear her cry, her first cry, and got to hold her. And, you know, so it ended up being a good situation. But I know for many women who have experienced health syndrome or preeclampsia, um, it's a scary thing because yes. you don't know whether or not you're going to be okay if you if you have a
0: second child. Typically, um, th- that's a normal pregnancy rolling right along, and then all of a sudden there's an issue that you're not prepared yeah. for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, well, I know that you you know made a decision to, to be at home and raise the children, which is so wonderful. It's the best thing yeah. you know we'll ever do. Um, and but I wonder if what types of things you think about for down the road when the children are older and um you know will need less of your time what your plans for the future might be
1: that is a really good question um i have thought about that occasionally just because you know i i wanted to be a career woman i wanted to be a physical therapist for the rest of my life which is why i got a master's degree but um because of my path i ended up um my license is inactive and I would have to retake, uh, my exam and I don't remember anything. (laughs) (laughs) So no one wants me to, me to be their physical therapist. Um, I mean, I remember (laughs) some stuff, but not exam worthy information. So, um, you know, physical therapy is something that uh, has, has passed in my life, but I now have uh, a gift collection. It's called the Grateful Heart Collection, and it's a collection of home decor and gift items like picture frames and wall art and jewelry and magnets and pillows and um, and journals and, you know, all kinds of stuff, and we're rolling out another season coming in January. And I love it. I love being able to design. I've always been – a gift enthusiast. My mom worked in the gift industry for as long as I can remember. And so I've always loved it. I have picture front, like I have pictures all over my house um, and and you know frames of wall art that remind me what I you know my values are and, and to embrace gratitude and, and all of that kind of thing. So I created the line with Glory House as a way to give people visual reminders kind of as an extension of my book, um, of how to embrace gratitude. So that definitely, I would love for that to continue. Mm -hmm. Um, even through when the kids are, you know, in college, I would love to be able to continue some sort of gift collection. Yeah. Um, and then I think honestly, I'd love to travel a lot. Um, I don't know where Ryan will be in his career at the time, but as much traveling as we can do, I would love to do. We both really enjoy traveling and I really want to see the world. So that's definitely on my radar for, oh gosh, 15 years from now. (laughs) Which is, it'll be a
0: blank. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like a long time away, but it's a long time away, but it
1: goes really fast. Um, and then, um, you know, I also on my radar right now. Um, I'm getting into conversations about writing some children's books about gratitude and the lessons that I'd like to teach my kids about having um, a grateful heart. So
0: that's terrific because I was just going to ask you if you you know you you do a lot of writing and you wrote the book and you and you keep a journal and and I think I have to tell you I think um, the book is so well written um, because to me it's a collection of um, you know almost some short stories. Um, you know, of human interest stories, and I love that. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So your writing could certainly be a part of your future, um, and you know, well, there's... I'd
1: love to be able to use it to um, to inspire my kids or to inspire other children. You know, it is yes. an important concept for me to teach my children about, and I think for a lot of parents as well. So if I can put a book out there that has those type of lessons or books out there, then I'd love to do that. So it's just about coming up with stories, and I'm just waiting for the kids to give me that one little nugget that right. will
0: inspire a book. So. <laughs> <laughs> it will come, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I,
1: I'm okay. I'm busy enough right now, so it's it's all good. Yeah. I I would love to do it in the future, but I want it to be right. I don't want it to be forced.
0: Yeah, so. yeah. At the right time is 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 what really matters. Um, So I really want, I want to get right into the book. There's so many great lessons in the book, but one um, particular uh, quote, um, I I think it's, it's something that came from you yourself that really resonated with me because there's a lot of talk, um, you know, nationwide right now about being grateful. And of course, Oprah was the first, you know, to come out and and talk about how you have to do it purposefully and how it can really change your life. So now there's a lot of discussion, but this this um really resonated with me excuse me and um you said being grateful should not be just about the obvious blessings but also about seeing the positive value that may be hidden in adversity Um, and i think that's so important to kind of remind ourselves that yes um it is obvious that we should be grateful for family and and success and, and and material things health is a big one but that there, there's often, you know, um, blessings in the tough times. That's For the sure. yeah, that's the yeah. harder part to, um, you know, to be aware of.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think that, you know, there's a perfect story in the book that kind of reflects that, and that um, J.R. Martinez, who was a soldier. Yes, I I love that he story. He ended up being an actor on, I believe, General Hospital. Um, and, you know, one dancing with the stars and, and has been, you know, an avid speaker and um, and he's also an author. But he shared with me his story of extreme adversity and that he was in Iraq and um, his, I think, uh, I can't remember what you call it. The, the word for the car that he was driving was um,
0: the hum- ran over a,
1: a roadside bomb. Yeah. And... Um, I mean, he was engulfed in flames for like four or five minutes, something crazy like that, Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, ended up being significantly burned on on a great portion of his body and suffered great, great pain, and obviously his his skin um, was affected, his entire body was affected, his organs, you know, everything. He was in the hospital for a very, very long time. And what struck me is that he said it was the best thing to ever happen to him, um, and I think that you know it was really hard for him to to like open his eyes and want to actually live for a very long time, and um, and completely understandably why. But I think that you know if someone who's been through something as horrific as that can say that it's the best thing to ever happen to him, then there's something to be said for all of the minutiae that, the negative minutia that we deal with on mm-hmm. a daily basis, you know, yeah. that, oh gosh, you know, my kids are not listening to me and I get so frustrated with that, but I need to really take a note out of my own book and remember that the biggest blessing is that I actually have two beautiful, healthy children. Mm-hmm. And even if they're not listening to me, they're still blessing. So, right. yeah. um you know. Yeah. It's definitely something that I want people to take away from the book.
0: Yeah. That that story in particular really uh moved me and I loved I, I wanted you to tell how the um you know, Jr. actually had a moment, an aha moment, when he went into the room of another soldier. How I did? No, Jr. had you know Oh yeah Yeah. And I about the soldier opening the blinds. Oh yeah. So he He was talking about—oh, gosh, I wish
1: I had the book in front of me. Um, He was talking about how he just wanted to be in the dark, and he kept his blinds closed 24-7. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: It was just a. he was in a very dark place in his life. He didn't want to let the light in. And another soldier came in who had been through a similar situation, as kind of, um, they went throughout the hospital talking to other soldiers who had, or were experiencing the same thing that they had been through, and trying to get them inspired and to see the light again. And he came into a, uh, Jr's room, and he opened the blinds, and it, it was a it was an aha moment for him in that this soldier was there sharing his experiences and letting him know that he was not alone. He had this whole huge group of people who he could connect with and share his stories and pay it forward like this soldier who walked into his room and opened the blinds was doing for him. So, um, yeah, it was a really
0: beautiful moment. Yeah, it's a beautiful story. Trista, so, we're going to take a quick break. And okay. uh, when we come back, I want to talk about the importance of uh, nourishing ourselves. Yeah, We'll be, we'll be right back. Are you the parent of a daughter in middle school? If so, I must tell you about an upcoming event at Mount St. Joseph Academy. As the parent of an alum, I know firsthand the value of their academic excellence, athletic and arts programs. This private all girls Catholic high school in Montgomery County provides the foundation our daughters need to go on to leadership roles at top universities and future careers. I know my daughter did. To register for the open house, go to msjacad.org backslash open house. And be sure to ask about their financial assistance and scholarship programs when you visit msjacad.org backslash open house.
3: Have you ever wondered about the magic of Paris? Traveled there before? You haven't experienced Paris until you've traveled with us. I'm Chloe Johnson, the owner of CJ Tours. I became hooked on the mystique of all things Parisian after just one visit to the city of life. CJ Tours, a travel, fashion, and product company, provides an experience unlike any other when it comes to exploring the hidden gems of Paris. We connect you with boutiques off the beaten path. We provide the opportunity to go behind the scenes with some of the most celebrated designers Paris has to offer. You can even purchase one-of-a-kind French pieces as mementos of your trip. Or ask us to source that special piece just for you. CJ Tours and our unique products are designed to provide that Parisian je ne sais quoi and allow you to experience Paris like never before. To learn more, contact me at Johnston at cjshoppingtours.com or simply visit chloejohnston.com for more information.
0: Welcome back, everyone, to this week of Women To Watch. I am joined um, today by Trista Sutter. And Trista is calling us from her beautiful home in Colorado. Trista is the star, was the star of the very first season of The Bachelorette on ABC and also the author of Happily Ever After, which is a a story of a grateful heart, really the importance of of gratefulness and, and how it can change your life. And one of the things that uh, was reoccurring throughout the book, Trista, that I um, noticed was the importance of, especially for women, I think, and mothers, that it's okay and it is important to nurture ourselves. Because yeah. when we do that, it, that is what allows us to really um, care for all of those around us much more deeply. Talk, talk about why you think that's important. Well, um, you know, I... I was introduced kind
1: of to the concept by a group called Hollywood Hot Moms, and um, the founders, it was a group that started, it was called the Hot Moms Club, and I worked a lot with them on different events, and their whole motto, if you will, was um, that moms should take care of themselves and not, um, and feel good about it, and not feel guilty, you know, essentially and i think it's so important you know as a mom knowing how much i give to my kids and my and my family um on the days when i when i do take take time for me and either go to the gym or sit down and and watch a television show or go have a glass of wine or lunch with friends or something like that i feel rejuvenated it's you know i share it a little um, nugget from if you, when you get on a plane and they go through the, the safety announcements and they say, you know, if oxygen tanks drop from the ceiling, be sure to secure yours before helping, mm-hmm. um, helping any, uh, you know, a child or um, someone who can't help themselves. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a perfect expression of that, you know, without giving to yourself, if, if, if you put the oxygen t- on your child, And then you pass out because you can't put the oxygen on yourself, and they can't help you. Then you know bad things will happen. Mm -hmm. But other, you know, other way around, if you take care of yourself, your child passes out. You can still put the oxygen around their nose so that they will be fine. So it's it's really about um, just giving back to yourself and not feeling guilty about it. We give so much to other people that you need to fill your own tank. If you don't fill your tank and you're constantly on empty, then you're going to be resentful and you're going to be negative and you're going to be tired and you're not going to have the energy that you need um, or want to be able to give to your family. So I think it's really important to try to actively um, appreciate yourself and give back to you. Right. Because you deserve it. That's right. And you know what else? I think it's also about being a role model and showing your kids that, um, yeah, obviously you need to be giving to them because they need it. And um, as a mother, that's just what we want to do. We want to be caretakers and nurturing. But um, I think giving back to yourself. You know, when Ryan and I were on the grand came in and had an amazing time and the kids were in great hands with his parents, And, um, they had a great time, but, you know, before we left, um, they were a little bit sad and I just said, you know, it's really important for mommy and daddy to have some, have some time just for mommy and daddy. And I think it's important to just be a role model to show your kids that they do have to give back to themselves. They do have to give back to their relationship with, um, their spouse, you know, that that's showing them how to be successful adults
0: yeah that's so true I and mean, it's not just you know for women and mothers it's 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 every human being really needs sure. to care for themselves first yeah. yeah um Trista one of the things that you said in the book um, was that you're always working to rise above the demons and and mm-hmm. focus on uh, the parts of your body that you're proud of and this is a topic I think that you know a lot of young women struggle with um, Certainly in today's world when everything is so focused on the physical appearance and you know I have a daughter and you have a daughter and I think it's important that we help them focus less on Their physical self and what are some of the things that um, you think about when when raising Blakeslee that you'll say to her about it's okay to want to look your best and feel your best But not to obsess about it
1: But not to what? Obsess about it. Right. Oh, it's hard, you know. Um she just started Blakesley just started kindergarten this year and I noticed after she started that she um started talking about um things being skinny and um and even she's used the word fat and I thought, Okay, Uh-oh. we gotta this in the yeah, back That's too so young any chance um she brings those sorts of things up. I well, constantly I'm telling her that she's beautiful, you know, no matter what. She wants to put makeup on like mommy. She is truly a girly girl, and um, she wants to do, you know, all of the things that are kind of adult. She wants to be a, a a grown up. Yeah, she'll say that, and and I say, oh Blake, but you're having so much fun, you know. I want you to, I want you to enjoy being a being a baby girl, I want you to enjoy, um, school and kindergarten and have so much fun with your friends. And, and, um, you know, the skinny and the beautiful part, I just constantly, anytime she brings that up, that sort of thing, I say, you know, but you are beautiful, um, no, no matter what you're wearing, or if you don't have lipstick on, you're, you're beautiful. And, um, every morning she wakes up, I, I say, hi, beautiful, you know, and I have, um, every Every night at bedtime, um, I have the kids say what we call their magic words. Um, I read a quote. Actually, I was watching Oprah, and there was an educator on there talking about, um, you know, the state of education.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And he said, um, don't quote me on this, but he said something to the effect of, um, tell your children they're special every day and they'll grow up believing it. And I thought, well, that. It, you know, no matter whether it's, you tell them they're special, you tell them they're brave, that you tell them they're happy, you know, you tell them these things and they'll grow up believing it. So we have magic words that we say every night before bed, including, um, and it kind of comes from the movie, the Help. um, that the, the nanny or, or whatever had, um, the child say, I can't remember their words, but we start with, I am kind, I'm beautiful, I'm important. And, um, and I think that my hope is that because we've been saying them every day, every night um, since they were two years old or whatever, mm-hmm. that hopefully they'll grow up believing it. Yeah. So um, I really I really think it's important to be able to um, instill that in them in an early age and also, as you mentioned, be a good role model. You know, I, I want to make sure that um, – beauty is something that she doesn't obsess about, you know, and her body image, you know, because I had a lot of friends who struggled with that early on. I I even struggled with it a little bit, um, and still do to this day.
0: So, yeah, I, well, I think we all do. We, um, you know, yeah, we all do. doesn't. Even men, you know, I sure. think it's just, it's
1: difficult. You yeah. know, you want to be the best that you can be and you also want to eat a cupcake. So, right. Um.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to, you should. That's my exactly. feeling. Indulge. Yeah, I completely agree. It's all about moderation. It so, is. Um, it is. Yeah. Yeah, so it is, it's It's about reminders because, you know, yeah. I say all the time, you know, so, some days we do it right and some days we're not so good. Right. <laughs> we're never going to perfect it. I know that by nature you're a worrier. and oh, I yes. Yeah. And, you know, we, there's too much that we know in today's world with the Internet. Right. And how do you manage the worry um, with having two small children and kind of what's going on in the world in, on a global perspective?
1: I don't watch the news. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that works. <laughs> I, um, I think it's really difficult for me. I, I struggle with it daily about worrying. Um, Ryan is definitely the balance for me in that realm in that he doesn't worry at all. You know,
0: about He seems very there. calm. Yeah. He's very
1: calm and he knows everything will work out. And even if they break an arm, they'll cast it and they'll be fine. You know, like they, he sees it as kind of a rite of passage, passage for a child to, you know, suffer some adversities, obviously he doesn't want them playing in the middle of the street. Right. Um, But I think that, you know, within reason. So I I have learned to let go a little bit Mm -hmm. and give, you know, let the reins out a little bit and, um, and not be such a helicopter parent, um, right?
0: That's we know that's not of good. My worry. Yes.
1: Yeah, I yeah. Think it's, uh, you know, I just I just worry about them because they are the most important part of my life, mm-hmm. and you know, I want them to be safe. I want them to be happy. Um, so it's 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 hard, but I think it's just a matter of actively talking yourself off the ledge and of of worry. You yeah. know, of, yeah. Of really saying it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. They're they're cared for. They're in a safe place, and um, you don't want to be that mom, you know.
0: Right, I agree because yeah, yeah, it's important that they learn you know to be self sufficient. Agreed, and res- yeah. you know have resilience and and be independent. That's very right. important, um, and that's Agreed. our job. Yeah, yeah. Um, Trista, one of the um, something you mentioned in the book that I was really really interested in was the. Uh, and I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this right, but it's uh, was the Do You Know study that was yeah. done by Dr. Marshall Duke and uh, Dr. Robin uh, Fivish. It was fascinating to me. Can you talk to talk a little bit about that study and, and what it says about the importance of family and connection?
1: I think it's called the Do You Know scale, and um, I, I believe in thinking about the research is that... There was a similar study as well, but I believe with this one, they looked at um, families and how families talk to each other. And they categorized them into families who talk about things um, in a negative way and say, we can't believe this is happening to us, you know, that sort of mentality, um, compared to the people who talk about. The negativity, the negativity, but but talk about how they're going to rise above it. So essentially, they um, they say, you know, this bad thing happened, but we're strong and we're resilient and we're going to get through it together, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and those were the were the families that were the most bonded and successful and happy. Open communication between families, and the more that children knew about their family history, you know, where their grandparents were from, how they met, how their parents met, which my children don't know yet, but um, how their parents met, how, you know, what their parents' history was, where they grew up, um, what they used to do when they were little, that sort of thing. Just, you know, little nuggets about um, the history of their family, um, that they were happier so I thought that was really interesting, and, and I think it goes to show that, you know, you always hear about how dinner time is really important for the growth of a child and um, feeling connected and part of a group.
0: So I think that um, that whole study really speaks to the fact that when you know where you came from, you know, that history piece, um, I love that, that it gives you a sense of security.
1: A sense of security and a sense of belonging, and I think we yeah. all want to know that we belong.
0: Yeah, somewhere. Absolutely. Um, what, what, something else I wanted to ask you, Trista, because um, a lot of what we do here on Women to Watch is to try to encourage more young women and women to become leaders. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are a lot of uh, discussions and, and uh, initiatives and women's networking groups, a lot of things are happening on a global level to support uh, the importance of female leadership. And I'm wondering what, when you think about again, you know, your daughter growing up, and, and you know, before you know it, she'll be in high school. Right. Um, what some of the things are we can do um, as a as a community to encourage them to be leaders, to really shoot for um, a place in life where they will um, have an impact and and be able to make decisions that will affect the world on you know on on a global standpoint.
1: You know, I ha- well, I haven't really. Gotten to that point yet? Because Blakesley's five. Um, <laughs> but I think that at this point in her life, it's really about just encouraging her to be independent and confident, mm-hmm. and um, and believe in herself. Um, being kind and being a good friend and lifting people up, and studying, instead of you know being a mean girl. Right. Um, that's really. Those are the things that I'm working on right now with her at the age that she's at. So I think that just setting the foundation for mm-hmm. being a good leader is important at this age.
0: It's probably the most important, right? You know, creating... Uh, well, I hope so, yeah. 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 I mean, whatever she wants to
1: be. If she wants to be a leader... If she wants to sit back and be an observer, I'm I'm happy with either of those as long as she's happy.
0: Well, as, and as long as they're contributing, right? Yeah, I think exactly. you you know you're when when we're at home raising our children, we're leaders. Right. You know we're leading our children. Yeah. When you're out and about, no matter what you're doing, um, if you're contributing and, and you have your own voice, then then you are being a leader. Right. So yeah, I don't necessarily mean you know having to be the president. No, no, or no. CEO. I know. Yep. I know. I just
1: I I feel like I. At this point in my life, it's more about the foundation of just her having those good, strong characteristics that can take her anywhere.
0: That's right. That's right. Building the self-esteem is the first thing that needs to be done. You know, talking about that, I I wonder if you can tell me how you handled all—you know, there was a lot of attention and— around the, sh- the program, The Bachelorette, right. obviously. It's a whole crazy world. You know, yeah. cameras were following you, and, you know, your life was turned upside down. What were your emotions during that time, going through that?
1: Oh, God, all <laughs> over the map. Um, I bet. I mean, it was a six-week time frame. So just thinking about my like cycle I mean just being a woman and being moody at that time of the month and then you (laughs) add on top of it all of this other stuff so I think it's hard it's 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 hard being a woman period no matter if you have cameras following you or what or you know you're being called out on social media and haters are not necessarily being kind which Mm -hmm. is what they deal with these days but you know, we had message boards back in the day, and um, you'd have to access them. It's not that they could write you directly, but I access them, um, and stupidly, uh, it's hard. It's hard dealing with um, the negative commentary that people feel is okay when they sit behind their computer screens and mm-hmm. don't have to be held accountable, you know? Um it's hard, but it's stressful. Um, you know, I the bachelor was a different situation because I really just went to have fun, but the bachelorette was um, stressful in that, number one, I didn't want to hurt people's feelings. Number two, well, probably switch number two and number one, but I, w- I really, truly wanted to meet someone.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and just that stress of whether or not it would work out, whether the guys were into me. um, you know, making sure that people are feeling welcome and happy and, and thinking about the things that I'm saying so that they don't come across as hurtful, you know, all of those things, I mean, play into it, whether or not I have food in my teeth, you know. <laughs> <I>
0: mean, <there's, laughs> right, uh, silly stuff and dealing with the kooks, because yeah, there's always... because you know, you're on national television, you yes. know, you're,
1: you know, you're going to be on national
0: television, so yeah. just all
1: of it uh, is, it's definitely stressful, but I think for me, it was really, truly about being grateful for the opportunity and knowing that I had these amazing guys that I I was incredibly lucky to um, be able to meet and hopefully develop a relationship with. So even back then, it was really about just embracing gratitude.
0: Yeah. And, and and look, and look where you are today and actually finding, you know, your husband and, and having a life. Yeah. Do you have any aspirations to do anything back in television?
1: Well, we never say never. We were, um, I was on the first season of Dancing with the Stars, mm-hmm. kind of a little-known fact. Not a lot of people know that. I, <laughs> I know knew that. that. <laughs> um, there was only six of us that season, um, and I was the very first to ever get booted from the show, so that's my claim to fame. Um, <laughs> well, not really, but. Um, so, I, you know, I did that show. I, um, we just appeared on a show called Marriage Bootcamp: Reality Stars, which aired on Wii T V. Um, so we went back and did that, and we do have a little project in the works that I can't talk about right now, but um, it's, it's exciting. But, it, you know, anything in television is always, whether it fits in our value system, whether it fits in our schedule, and um, whether or not we can maintain our priorities, which, number one, are our are children.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's, that's terrific. You know, one of the things, when I think about you, Tristan, and, and you know, the research that I've done, I think you, you've hosted a couple of things, and you do that well. You know, me to too. me, I think of, you know, you could be a journalist or a host or something because... Well,
1: I, I did want to go down that path, and had Ryan and I not, you know, if, had Ryan not been there, mm-hmm. then I might have done more of it, you know, before The Bachelorette. I, did, I co-hosted The View, and I was a correspondent for Good Morning America and for Extra, and I co-hosted Good Day Live and and did some VH1 specials. and um, So I had a lot of fun, and I, I do get great feedback from people. I'm sure I'm not, I'm not perfect at it, but it is something that I think is really fun and exciting to meet people that, you know, I watch on television or movies or whatever Mm -hmm. or and talk about just topics, you know, that are important to our society. Yeah. But, you know, when I met Ryan and to this day, it's all about him and my family. That's truly what I wanted to do with my life is is dedicate it to my family. And he would he would not be happy anywhere else. So um, we came to Colorado, and now I would not be happy anywhere else. I just feel like it's where we were meant to be, and it's a great place to raise kids and um, really, truly immerse ourselves in the beauty of nature. So um, I, I love doing that sort of thing when and if the opportunity ever arises,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: it's hard because I live in Colorado, you know. Yeah. I, I oh, right.
0: Can't do fly back same. and forth now yeah yep.
1: it's yep. hard um i mean we're going to la tomorrow for a day uh, usually that's what happens is we end up going for a day or two or three you know it, mm-hmm. it's very they're very quick trips because our priority is truly our kids
0: yeah and how's Ryan for for the listeners ryan is a firefighter and uh yeah how is he enjoying his career
1: he is actually a lieutenant firefighter now with the Vale Fire Department, has been there for, oh gosh, I think 15 years,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: um, he just got off of a 72-hour shift, so if you asked him right now, he'd be, you know, I'm glad to be home. But right. yeah. <laughs> but he he loves being able to, you know, be the first responder at a scene and be able to take care of the people of our community, so... Um, that's another thing that I was attracted to about him. He's just a very noble and brave
0: soul. Yeah, well, and, ha- you know, he walks out the door and there's something to worry about each time that he does. Always. I My mean, gosh.
1: Before I had kids, the worry was heightened because, first of all, I was in our king size bed by myself, you know, yeah. and going to sleep. He works 48-hour shifts. So when he's gone, he's gone at night as well. And um, and I I was scared. I'm a scaredy cat. Like, you know, I used to sleep with my television on and the light on and the bedroom door <laughs> locked. But now that I have kids, you know, I, I can't do that. I can't be that person because I don't want them to see that in mommy and think that they should
0: be scared. Yes, yes. They need
1: to feel um, Safe and protected, yeah. and um, I can't have them feel that way if I'm not feeling safe, or I'm I'm letting them know that I don't feel safe. So it's really difficult. I I've, I've had more times than I can count the the vision of the the police car or the
2: oh. fire
1: car coming mm. to our front door and telling me that he was in a horrible accident or whatever. So it's hard. It's it's. Um, I, it makes me uh, feel sad for the, or think about the, the wives um, or husbands of our military. Yes. You know, the soldiers that mm-hmm. are fighting and are gone for months on end, you know, mm-hmm. I Luckily, I only have to say goodbye to my husband for 48 hours usually, and then I have him for four days. So
0: it could be worse. That's a, Yeah, that's a good schedule. And, and you know, you can't help who you are. If you're a worrier, you're a worrier. I'm, I'm a worrier. <laughs> yeah. I will
1: always be that way. Yeah, but, you know, you're no balanced. if my husband worked a desk job, I would worry about him driving <laughs> home in the snow. I don't know. I just, you know. I'm
0: always a warrior. Yeah. Well, you're doing a great job, um, Trista. You. And we are, uh, you know, we're, we're at the end of the show. I'm so, I'm grateful to you for Aww. taking some of this very um, precious time of yours when you should be nurturing yourself and <laughs> sitting <laughs> with your cup of coffee by yourself with us. And, um, you know, I really, I really do love the book and I hope that people will go and get it. Just a great reminder of, of, you know, helping us to be positive in a tough world.
1: Thank you. Yeah. And, um, the paperback version is actually coming out in December. Okay. So if people want to pick up a, um, a more inexpensive version of the book, it's the same book, just a cutesy new cover. Good. Um, and makes a, a great gift for the holidays. I just I hope that, like you said, that people will read it because I want to continue the conversation and continue for all of our readers to, all of my readers to, Spread the word about gratitude and, and really embody um, the positivity and pass it on. So
0: Great. Thanks so much, Trista. Um, Thank I, you. I, I appreciate you having me on. That's it, everyone, for this week of Women to Watch. Again, my name is Sue Rocco, and if you'd like to reach out to me, feel free to at womentowatch.net. That's women, the number two, watch.net. Have a great week.